Hello everyone, I'm Cesar Ramirez, welcome to another edition of the Football Chronicles. I am here, as uh, with, uh, as every time, with uh, my good friend Sebas, Sebastian. Hi everybody. Hey Sebastian. How are you there? Good, good, how are you? Good. Um, we missed last week, and but now we're back. Uh, I think the plan is to do three episodes a month, so you know, again, everyone just stay tuned. Um, we missed a good week though because there were some really incredible Champions League games to to talk about. So this week we're gonna discuss the Champions League games, the the four games uh, that happened last week, the four games that are coming um, this uh, this next week or this week. Sorry, not this next week. This week. Um, uh, we're gonna talk about the breaking news of the day, and today when we're recording this is is Monday. Uh, March 11th, uh, and a few hours ago, Zinedine Zidane was announced as Real Madrid's coach again. Um, and so anyway, and so we, and if we can, we're gonna fit in some, try to fit in some Libertadores to today's episode. So let's get started, Tevas. Let's talk about the the Champions League games. I think. Yeah, I think we wanted to talk about the the first thing we wanted to talk about was a big one, probably the biggest one. The Real Madrid Ajax. Yeah, well, uh, Ajax play uh, Real Madrid play against Ajax in in the Santiago Bernabéu Stadium. Uh, it was, it, I mean, they had um, an advantage because, if I'm not mistaken, they won in in the Netherlands, right? Yeah, they won two one. Two one in the Netherlands. So they had to basically like keep like the score, you know, like they, they had just to keep that. Yeah. Um, but uh, Ajax was su- surprised, uh, surprised uh, everybody by scoring a goal at the minute number, and, at, at the seventh minute, and then uh, technically they scored later on in the 18th minute, and then technically like, with this score they were qualifying, right? So yep. everybody like when they, in the first half, it took everybody by surprise. I thought in the in the first half, you know, like sometimes games change half by half. Mm-hmm. So I thought this this was gonna be the case. There are some coaches that are really good at changing matches in between one half to the other. For example, Peckerman right. was really good at that, right? Mm-hmm. But in this case, it was not the case, <laughs> and Ajax came back. Uh, and score an goal in the minute 62. Then Marco Asensio score in the minute 70 for Real Madrid. There was not much to do back then, but then Ajax score again. And and then um, at the last minute, Nacho score for Real Madrid. Everything was no, Nacho. No, Nacho. No, Nacho uh, uh, that was the last goal. And Nacho was actually got a red card. Sorry. Yeah. So. Uh, it was very surprising, right? Because nobody, I mean, like, if you see the lineup for Ajax, it's not a very known team. Uh, it's, a, it's not the Ajax that was big in the 90s. This is a very limited Ajax. They don't have, like, that many players that are famous or anything like that. Mm, I mean, my taking from this match is that, you know, like, Real Madrid was in a downfall. Uh, they didn't have Sergio Ramos because Sergio Ramos got a red card 
because they were arrogant. He was arrogant enough to think that he was going to play the next phase. Yeah. So he so he tried to go. He got a red card in the previous match, so he could he could play the next match without mm -hmm. any cards. But um, well, he's not going to be able to play that match anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid that he's not. He was actually he was kind of crazy, but I don't know if you saw, but they were making a documentary. Yeah, I think he's doing a documentary with Amazon, and they were doing that while the Real Madrid was losing. Yeah, that is that is crazy. That is really crazy. So I don't know. It's something that I think Real Madrid needs a change. Uh, it needed a change right after Julian Lopetegui left the team, and I think Santiago Solari, the the current former coach. He was really good, and I think he's really good. I think he's a, he was a good coach. The problem was that he didn't he, he didn't have a process. You know what I mean? Like he didn't have uh, he was not able to build his own process. He had just to take right. over and kind of like on the go do whatever he could with this team. Yeah, I, I mean, we, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a team that lost Cristiano Ronaldo. You know, like their biggest star and a, and a team that Sisu um, before he left said that you know wasn't sure was gonna win anything anymore and damn he was right um, well he was not fully right because they won their FIFA World Club Cup whatever <laughs> come on <man>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but this year they're not gonna win anything for sure like no uh, because no, I mean they're out of the Copa del Rey they're out of the Champions League and they're not doing so hard in the in the in the international league. I think they're third. Yeah, so. but but they, they and they lost. This is probably one of the most catastrophic weeks in their history, right? Because they lost. Basically, they lost those three tournaments in one week. In one week and two against yeah. Barcelona because Barcelona won and two matches. Exactly. Yeah. And then against Ajax. Um, I. Yeah. It. Yeah. That, that was shocking. I mean, honestly, I didn't expect Real Madrid would lose against Ajax. But, and I, I have to say, I didn't watch the first game, the, 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 the game in Amsterdam. But I had heard, and when I saw the highlights, Ajax played better than Real Madrid in that first game. Um, things just didn't work for them, but they did play better. And I did watch all of this, this game, the Real Madrid-Ajax in, in, in Madrid, I mean, Ajax could have won by like <laughs> by more goals. Yeah, it was insane. They were getting their asses kicked in at home. Um, Tadic, that Serbian guy, the guy that scored the third goal. Holy crap, he was on fire! If anyone hasn't seen the highlights for the game, I suggest that you do because the second goal is absolutely beautiful. Tadic does like a roulette, and he make he gives up like an assist. Uh, he does a roulette on Casemiro or Modric. I don't remember which one. And then he he gives an assist and and uh, David Neres scores. And then the last goal is a beautiful free kick from pretty far away that uh, shown. I think he's Danish, if I remember correctly, from Denmark. Um, oh, yeah. He he puts through and just like goes over. Um, what's his name? Courtois. Um, so, I mean, it was a must. It was it was beautiful. I I was uh, listening to 
I was reading up and listening to some commentators saying that this Ajax team was formed to... This Ajax team has been playing together for a long time. Not not all of them, but, but a lot of these players. So Frankie de Jong, the player that they sold to Barcelona, and the defender, Matias de, de Ligt, if, if that's how you say his name. Um, you know, a, a lot of these players have been playing together for a long time. And uh, apparently the way the story goes is that this... Is that um, the... The people in the team, the, the managers, told these players, okay, we need you to stay until 20, 2019. Um, you can leave afterwards, but we need you until 2019 so you can be in the history of Ajax. And, and they gave all, play, all, all of these players, like, a, like you know, pictures of the old-timey players, right? Like, the, of the Ajax of the 90s and the 60s. Um, so they can kind of like get inspired by those people and, and be like, look, you can be like this person, right? You can be in yeah. the history of Ajax. Uh, and one of those players that they did that to was um, Clibert. Uh What's the kid's name? Um, Patrick Clibert. Patrick Clibert? Yeah, his, his son. I forget his name. Oh, he's um, playing in Ajax, sorry, yeah. Ju- Justin Clibert. That's his Justin. name. So, to Justin Cliver, they gave him the picture of his dad, and they were like, look, you know, we want you to be like him. But but he is, of those players, he's the only one who left. So he's no longer at Ajax. He left last year, and he went to Roma. So he's playing at Roma right now. Uh, but the rest of the players, of the, this, um, you know, extraordinary group of players, stayed. And, you know, they're doing well in the local tournament, but obviously this... Beating Real Madrid in in their stadium is you know just a, I guess a coronation to to all their efforts and and all the hard work that you know this Dutch team is doing in the in the you know for, for their youth players right yeah it's interesting because you know I have talked with uh, for example with uh, some friends and. Back in the time, Ajax used to be a, a big deal. You know, back mm-hmm. in the 90s and 70s, Ajax was like, a, right now, uh, I would say something like Juventus or something like that. You know something? It was a big deal. It was mm-hmm. a team that was always like right there. Mm-hmm. The last time they won the Champions League was in 1994. Mm-hmm. And they had like four titles before that. I mean, it, 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 it was like the team from the Netherlands, and the Netherlands was known to breed a lot of good players. Yep. And all of those good players used to, like, pass through Ajax and then move forward to other teams in Europe. Or some of them even stayed there for a long time. But, for example, Johan Cruyff played there. And, you know, it was like the Bayer Munich, more or less, of the Netherlands. The thing right. is that right now, I mean, the problem with Ajax... Is that they are they are a big team in a small country, so you know it's not they cannot get the same level of attention and the same level of money that other teams can have in bigger countries, you know, because mm-hmm. the audience in the Netherlands is way smaller and the league is not as buoyant and right. yeah, it's not as rich as in other nations in Europe. So that's why more or less the decline has happened, right? And especially after the Galacticos and all stuff, and all the big teams getting even bigger, 
the Ajax became kind of like a second to third tier kind of team, right? Yep. And I think that now we are seeing kind of like a little comeback. I think uh, the Dutch league is doing a good job. We have seen a lot of players moving to really good teams. And also the, the you know, like the, the teams from the Netherlands doing a better job at the different tournaments. Because, uh, I don't know, but for example, like AC and 20, sometimes they do good jobs, right? In our, like, uh, tournament. Like, uh, so, I don't know. Hopefully this is like a comeback. That's all, all this conversation is going to. Hopefully this is like a comeback for the Netherlands. Um, but they've always, uh, they've always been like the team where where people where players go to jump off. I mean, obviously, I'm sure there's more players that have done this before. But the last mass, the last, you know, like there's Ronaldo, for example, Brazilian Ronaldo went to to Ajax, if I, no, or PSV. PSV, I think. PSV, no. right? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forget. But no, actually, yeah. the the version that I was thinking of first was. Um, Slatan uh, Ibrahimovic. After Malmo, which was his first team, he moved to Ajax, and he really like exploded there. First, um, you know, the, the, like it was like the big stage in in Europe, right? So they've always been this like this club that focuses on young players because I think Ibrahimovic went to Ajax when he was like probably even nineteen. Um, and I don't know if you remember, but he scored that amazing goal that he dribbled like thirty people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, right. I mean, like those teams, like the PSV or the Ajax, always are like they're like academies for yeah. players to become even better. All of them, like in those teams, like very famous players have played there, have moved to to succeed in other teams. Mm-hmm. As we said, like the league is not that big, but. Anyhow, I think it, it was. Uh, it's, it's, it's exciting to see Ajax back. It's exciting to see that you know the Champions League is not that monotone. That is always yes. You know, like the the Real Madrid and the Barcelona. So it was becoming kind of predictable. Yeah, I think and it's kind of it's kind of spices is better, right? Uh, yeah, it spices things up. That's brilliant, and I am so happy that Real Madrid will not win the Champions League uh, for a fourth time in a row. Not because, you know, I don't like them, even though, yeah, I don't. <laughs> but, you know, it was getting boring, like you were saying, you know? Like, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's you know, it was just getting very monotone. So, I'm happy. I'm happy. I like to see Ajax. I like the way Ajax plays. I don't know if they'll make it through. I don't know if they'll win. I don't know if they'll beat the next round. But they play well, and, and they play beautiful football, and I, I appreciate that. So, I'm, I'm excited for them, and I'm excited that I worked against Real Madrid, too. Yeah, I I am excited too. Also because I think you know what I think. I mean, additional to what all sort of the things that we have said here, I think if if Real Madrid had reached a like a final with mm-hmm. this team, this performance, and mm-hmm. this level of commitment, that would be really really disappointing. You know what I mean? Like yes. they are not even trying yeah. to win anything. Yeah, they just yeah. have players just to have. A coach just to have. Yep. They haven't acquired any like good players because who knows why. Yep. And doing like a very mediocre job. And if you do that and reach a final, that will be a wrong, a, you know, like the wrong signal for everybody. You know, yeah. like 
So I'm glad that it, it stopped here. You know that. You know, like yeah, this like, is this is where it dies. I I, com I completely and wholeheartedly agree with that, Sebas. I think it would have because honestly, I even felt that what you say. I felt that last year, like I did not feel like Real Madrid was a team that played well that deserved to win. Maybe the, the year before that and the previous years, I I did. But last year especially, I think they got through with a very dubious penalty to the final. And then they injured Salah in the final. But but even besides that, like the way they played was just meh, you know? Yeah. And, and remember that last season, they did terrible and everything else. They did not win the La Liga. They did not do well in uh, La Copa del Rey. And, and so the only thing that was going to save their season was winning the Champions League, and and they did. But, I mean, you know, I, I, I remember being like, oh, man, this team does not deserve to, to win. They don't play well, and they don't show much. And and I'm a, I, I am happy that that wasn't the way it worked this time around. Yeah. So, uh, do you want to talk, I don't know, if we should talk about these now or in the future, but like they are because of these and all the bad performance that Real Madrid is changing their coach again. Yeah, I think we have to. <laughs> okay, so after a really, really failed job with, of Julian Lopetegui as head coach in around October of last year, they changed the coach to Santiago Solari, uh, who is like a is a player that has been uh, like in in breed in Real Madrid. He has been there for a long time. He was uh, a player. Now he's like he was coach of the some like divisions in the Real Madrid, and now they made him coach. Mm -hmm. uh, I think like his role there was temporary, right? I think he was not there to win or without right. any expectations. I think he actually did a good job. Because if you see the performance of the team while he had it, he had really good numbers. Like, the funny thing is that Julian Lopetegui did such a shitty job yeah. that he had to, like, kind of take over that and do something with that because... It's funny because I have some numbers here. I love numbers in sometimes in sports, but the win percentage, Edgar, look at here to, to this thing, of Santiago Solari is 68.75%. percent mm hmm Zidane in his prime was 69.8. So it's only like one point difference, more or less. Wow. Not that bad. But Julian Lopetegui is 42. Oof. Uh, 42 with no titles, nothing. Because at least Solari has the FIFA World Club, whatever that. I mean, it's nothing. But it's something to show. You know, like. He, he actually won something and got a medal for it. <laughs> you know, like. Right, right. Julian Lopetegui didn't win anything, didn't do anything. So that performance was very poor. <laughs> it's kind of funny because uh, I think now they br they are bringing Zidane back. That's mm -hmm. like they, they they just hired they just uh, hired the guy today. I think this is gonna be uh, you know they're gonna start from zero, like from ground zero to rebuild everything. I don't think yeah. there is many things to rescue from this Real Madrid. Maybe like some players, like Sergio Ramos, perhaps, or who knows. But I don't know. What do you think? I I man, I have a lot. I I just I was very surprised that they brought that they brought Zidane now. Um, I did not like how Real Madrid played with Solari, but I did not like it either. 
last year and I didn't like it with uh, Lopetegui either. So I I didn't think it was a coach problem, right? And, mm, so I'm and sure I, of things, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think that... And, and kind of where it comes down to, I think you're right. I think they are going to rebuild the team. And that is why Zidane is there now. I think that's what they thought, right? They're like, wait, why wait for you to, to join You know, in, in the summer? Um, start working now. Look at players, right? And mm-hmm. and see who you want. Um, so I, I think that's why they're doing that. They, they, are, they have brought uh, Sisu back so they so he can have the players you know coach the players to the end of the season but really invest his time in rebuilding the squad because it is not competitive anymore um i have to say one more thing about florentino perez um this season started really badly if you remember he ruined spain in the world cup because he decided to hire the coach and announce and they decided to announce that he was going to be Real Madrid's coach. What was it? Four days before the World Cup started? Um, I like, a, like a week. And then, yeah, Luis Enrique had to take over. Yeah. 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 I mean, that is extremely arrogant. And then they have Lopetegui as Real Madrid's coach for what? Four months? Three months? Four months. I don't even remember. Yeah. I mean, uh, and technically, like, because he, he got hired like around June, around the World Cup. Like right. Real Madrid started playing like in August, yep. September, October, three months. Barely. Yeah, and he and he lost the Super Cup. I remember yeah. the first thing in Morocco. Oh, yeah. um, that and and then he fires Lopetegui, ruined Spain's work for the World Cup. Um, starts off the team with a coach that comes with a lot of baggage because a lot of the Real Madrid players play for Spain and you know they took there's a lot of awkwardness there and then he fires this guy <laughs> that that he got fired from a previous team from the national team he puts in a, a a coach like Solari and I have no problem with Solari I I mean I don't think he did a terrible job I don't think he did a great job but here's the thing, what he, what Florentino Perez tried to do was to create a Zidane again, right? Because Zidane's story is kind of similar. He didn't coach before professionally, and his first team was Real Madrid, right? So that's kind of what they thought. Okay, we'll have Solari do the same thing. Hopefully he can do great. But that didn't work out, because there's a big difference between Solari and, and Sisu. Solari is not Zinedine Zidane. Zinedine Zidane has won a World Cup. Zinedine Zidane is a world-class player, respected. I mean, you know who he is. Uh, everyone knows who he is. So, so I think that was a huge mistake. I think... And, and, and it's a huge mistake not because they appointed Solari, but because they fired him. You know what I mean? Like, if yeah. they would have appointed Solari and kept him through and finished the season and be like, okay, sir, thank you so much. We'll hire a new coach now. That That's fine. It looks okay. But now they fire Solari, they put Zidane back in. It it really doesn't seem like anyone knows what they're doing. And, you know, you have to be extremely arrogant to, to, to mess with a national team and, you know, just read kinda like put move things around the way the way they have this season really really makes no sense to me. It seems very amateurish. That's all I have to say. Yeah. 
I think, uh, I mean, I think right now, I think they just gave up. You know, I don't think they're competing for anything. So they might, they just probably said, okay, we just hire Zidane to start early so we can yeah. in the next season actually. I think what they're what they are like betting is that they're gonna get new players in the summer, so that's probably why they need Zidane to be already in the team so that they can have like a plan for what players to hire in the summer. Also, I believe that if since Zidane is getting hired right now, I think he's gonna be accountable if something happens next season. Which, you know, if he was hired in the summer, he could say, "Hey, I was brought in. I didn't have the time to." Get acquainted to what I had here. I didn't have the time for like work with the players. That's why my performance is bad. Right now, he's not gonna be able to say that in the next season because he's right. higher right now. So I think yeah. that's why. That's probably why. But uh, for me, mm -hmm. I, I agree with you. It's kind of insane that you had a one of the best coaches they have had in a long time. I think since Carlo Ancelotti mm -hmm. was Zidane. You know, because they, they tried with Rafa Benitez and that didn't work out. And they had the best coach and was proving that he was achieving results. You know, Zidane was kind of like Pep Guardiola for Real Madrid. You know, he was achieving a lot of things. He, they won Champions League, Super Cups, everything. Why do you let something like that go? You know, for... Julian Lopetegui, you know, at the first place. Why do you do that? Arrogance. Yeah, I don't know. And then the same thing happened with Ronaldo. Why do you let Ronaldo go? That's, that, that's because of arrogance. That's because yeah. Ronaldo, Ronaldo felt like he wasn't loved in Real Madrid. That he wasn't... It was not... From what, I've, from what I've seen, it wasn't about money. It was about being the star. It was about being treated like the best thing. It's about being treated like Messi is treated in Barcelona, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, or like and, Pep Guardiola in Barcelona. Right, and, and he wasn't. I mean, that's what he felt, at least. And it doesn't matter if it's true or not. It doesn't matter if it seems a little bit, like, weird to us. Um, it's what he wanted. And and it is really silly that Florentino Perez, that the management at Real Madrid, didn't give him that and let him go for $100 million, you know? Um, so, so, yeah, I mean... It, it, it's a it's a lot of mistakes in in but yeah but i time. think it's because florentino perez is too involved in this thing it's yeah. too involved like we don't hear any other like president doing these things you know we don't hear like the russians in getting involved or the Qataris <laughs> getting involved like yeah. they don't care you know they have a business and they hire whoever they think is gonna bring like the best results and that's it yeah. but this guy is always like there so it's kind of like this is the, the, the this is the result of that. Yep. You know, like Yep. It's a mess. But, it's a mess. But anyhow, I think um, well I think it's it's gonna be probably they're gonna do better. I think Sidan is a good coach. I think uh, and there were other teams after Sidan, I think uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Chelsea was maybe after Zidane, and Manchester United was also thinking about Zidane. They were, he was kind of on demand. Yeah, he was. <laughs> so, so, he's going to go back to his favorite club, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Where still surprised. Everything. Yeah. I'm, I'm still surprised. I mean, I think if you think about it logically, it 
like yeah by, by the reasons we've exposed it makes sense that he would start now uh, to start a rebuild from now instead of June but it's still very surprising that he that a coach would come back after what six months seven months eight months um, yeah to 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 a club that he left he left himself saying that you know that that people didn't want um, the people didn't want to win anymore and you know what last thing and and I promise you it's over after this um, <laughs> I'm sorry it's just so much to say because if you yeah, remember it's, because a big, if you, it's a big topic yeah it is a huge topic because it, I just remembered something the only player that they hired in this transfer market was Courtois <laughs> And it's interesting because they already had a good goalkeeper. That's that's exactly my point, and I yeah. think that was the point of contention between the, again. That's what I that's what I've read. Contention between Florentino Perez and Zinedine Zidane. Zinedine Zidane did not want to bring a new a new goalie. Zinedine Zidane was very happy with with Keylor Navas as far again as as far as I've heard, um, and he did not like that Florentino Perez was so involved, and he would bring basically a new goalie for him. Uh, yeah, but Tito Perez did, did that with many players. Yeah, yeah. For example, right. he brought Jaime Rodriguez. Right. So Florentino Perez loves Jaime Rodriguez. Mm -hmm. Like with capital L, like he really <laughs> loves the guy. Especially because Florentino Perez likes to go to South America and show like, hey, we have this player and whatever, and do like advertising there for also other businesses that he has there. Right. So he uses all that. He's like a very... He's a very like uh, intelligent business mind behind all his decisions. Mm -hmm. He's not some, so sometimes it's too much like in this case. But Zidane hated Hammer Rodriguez. Not I don't think as a person, but like, the way he plays soccer is not the way Zidane likes a player right. to be. And but he was forced to have Hammers for two years. Yeah, you know, and sometimes he was forced to like make him play and stuff. He was not. He was not able to let him go either, so it wasn't good for the player, it wasn't good for him. And that thing is exhausting, you know, like, I wonder in what terms is he going to come now? Because I don't think he's going to want to work in something like that again, right? Yeah, and, and I heard that uh, Bayern Munich is not buying James either, so James is going to have to come back to Real Madrid this oh, summer. No, under Zidane, I don't think he has a chance. Right, exactly, back, so. so he's going to have to find a place to, somewhere to go. Yeah. All right. Uh, anyhow, let's move forward. <laughs> we, we've talked about this for half an hour. <laughs> I think we can't even talk for an hour. I have like a, or something no. to say because yeah, I have me... more numbers here. Like, for example, <laughs> I have more numbers here, and I just found out that Julian Lopetegui has been the worst goal, the, the worst uh, coach since I think Vicente El Bosque in 1994. Wow! In, because Vicente El Bosque has been the, the coach of Real in several locations. Uh -huh. This was like the like bad back in the times one time that he underperformed. <laughs> or oh my goodness, Amancio Amaro or something like that. Yeah, like. <laughs> so, Man, that's yeah, terrible. That's terrible. But anyhow, um, let's move forward. And <laughs> the next match was Tottenham Dor uh, against Dortmund. Uh, Tottenham is moving forward. They score one nil, and in the aggregate, it was like four nil. Yep. 
Uh, I think for each other one there. I mean, there's. I don't think how much analysis we can do about this because I mean, for each other one definitely is not what it used to be. Uh, and it's it's. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Okay, it's it's not what it used to be. I I saw a little bit of the of the match and they tried. Borussia Dortmund tried, but I mean, turn turning around at three zero was very difficult. So you know that that's all I have to say. They tried. They here's here's the interesting thing, right? They lost uh, in an, an aggregate four zero. But in the last match, they tried. I mean, they tried to turn it around. They fought, you know, for their chance. Um, they didn't make it. Um, they didn't even score a goal, but they tried. And that is a very different way to say goodbye. Um, than A very different impression than what Real Madrid gave to us. And that's the last yeah. thing. That's the last thing I'm going to say about Real Madrid, I think. Yeah, I, I have the feeling that, that Marco Reus is not playing as, as as great as he used to, you know? Yeah, he's getting I think he used probably. to be way better, like, yeah, like in, the, in 2016 and stuff when... I don't know right now, I think there's like a misconnection with the team or something, but uh, I don't know. But... Um, I don't know, I think Tot that also another thing is that Tottenham is playing... Is playing really is doing great, and you know like uh, Tottenham is not uh, how you say that. Is I think it's a more organized team than before. So you know it's not that Borussia Dortmund didn't like play well either. It's also that Tottenham is a very powerful team right now. It has players like Kane and so on that are playing like great. You know like they're doing a good job over there and they have a. I don't know. I think also it's also the. I think the 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 team is very 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 good. So that's why. Yeah, I think so too. And I think they they also in the first game they also um, encountered the goals too. So you know it, it was just like like and what I what I mean by that is like I didn't think in the first match I did not think that Tottenham was so much better than Borussia Dortmund that they deserved to win 3-0. But they did. They scored three goals. Um, so they also, in a way, kind of like found the, the goals and, and made them count. Uh, and that's why they're going through. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be enough for them to win the Champions League. I don't know even if they'll make it past the next round because they have a very limited amount of players. But, you know, they made it through this round and, and that's that's very good for them. Um, yeah, but it, it's going to be also interesting to see in the future because I think Dortmund right now is tied with Bayern Munich Yes. in terms of points in the Bundesliga. Yep. So this is where it gets interesting because if Bayern Munich moves forward, right. they are going to have to compete in two tournaments at the same time and Dortmund just won. So I guess Dortmund is going to put everything they have on that tournament on the Bundesliga and Manchester United has to like hey Manchester United. <laughs> Bayern Munich has to align forces and you know organize everything to be able to compete in both. So this, yeah. is, this is gonna be exciting for at least to see what how it's how, gonna be Bayern Munich strategy. But yeah how it ends up. Um do you want to talk about briefly because we you know we we don't have much time. Do you want to talk briefly about the Porto Roma? Um all 
I guess what I have to say there about the Porto Roma was that it was a pretty interesting game. Porto won 3 1. Uh, the game went to extra time, actually. Mm-hmm. And it was decided via. And this is this is the part of the the Champions League that gets super interesting. It was decided via uh, VAR, VAR. Um, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. the last the last goal I believe was a penalty that was called via via the VAR technology, um, and they and Porto scored the penalty and went through. Yeah. Well, Porto, I think, I mean, it's, it has uh, some of the leftovers of that Real Madrid that was huge, like Casillas and Pepe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, leftovers, um, leftovers indeed. <laughs> leftovers indeed. Um, I don't know, I think uh, they have always had, like, I, I don't know, they always have a good team for Champions League. I don't know why Porto always, like, does a good job in Champions League. I mean, considering the resources and the players and the, everything they have, it's interesting to see that this team always makes it like far. You yeah, know, and they have won finals and stuff. So yeah, they do. They 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 know how to how to play it. I guess. Yeah. Um. That's also a skill. Um. Let's talk about unless there's anything else you want to say. We we can talk about the the game I've actually been wanting to talk about, which is the PSG Manchester United. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about it. Man, that was that was an insane game. I watched it all completely. I could not believe what I was seeing. Um, as p- hopefully most of you know, PSG won. Uh, sorry, <laughs> Manchester United won. Just kidding. P- <laughs> PSG lost one three in in Paris, and with that, were knocked out of the Champions League. And if you, I don't know if you saw the game, but Neymar's face at the end basically said it all. Um, PSG thought they were gonna win. They had won two zero in in Manchester. Uh, I mean, when we talked about it last time, we said that uh, ma- that that ma- uh, that PSG was going to win. Yeah, uh, no one, like... no one, yeah, no one expected that Manchester would pull this. So, they did, uh, and they won 3-1, and the reason why I mentioned the VAR is because in this game, too, the VAR was critical because Manchester United's last goal was a penalty that was given by the, you know, VAR, by the te- yeah. VAR technology, and man, I mean, I, I don't know, I don't think, personally, I wouldn't have called it a penalty. The ball, like the player shot, it was a, it was from far away, uh, and the defender turned to kind of like try to block the ball, and he, I guess, did extend his arm, but not in a way that seemed unnatural to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and and the ball did touch his hand, but I mean, geez, it, I, I don't know. I, I, like I said, if I were the ref, I would not have called that a penalty. Uh, because I don't think there was any way that the player could have moved his hand somewhere else. Uh, and, and I don't think that the the shot really had much danger in itself either to to be a penalty. You, you know what I mean? So, yeah. 
So I wouldn't have called it, but they did. Rashford scored and they went through. Yeah, I mean, if they hadn't called that penalty, they could have gone to extra time. Yeah. And maybe things would have been different. Uh, I mean, for me, what is interesting <laughs> is that when I, I watched part of the game, I have to say I couldn't watch it all. I watched part of it. And uh-huh. technically, Paris was dominating this. <laughs> yes! You know, they hold the ball, they hold time and watch the freaking game. Like, but my sister United was just like, eh! Like, you know, like, doing whatever, like, mm-hmm. they were able to do, but they were not doing much. If you see the numbers, the possession was insanely, like, in favor of Paris, Paris Saint-Germain. They had, like, 73%. Oh, my God. And, and I think they were controlling the game. I don't know what happened. It's so crazy that, you know, like, they had it, and I think maybe they were overconfident. The strikers were not, you know, like, I think Mbappé was not, like, as accurate. And Di Maria with that yellow card and stuff was not, you know, like, he was, like, put, like, an on hold when you get, like, a yellow card like that. So, yeah, I think that, yeah, it didn't play well for them. Um, but it's, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it kind of, like, sucks, but again... I am happy that Manchester United actually, like, with not that much, actually made a good strategy because this is all a strategy, and and managed to, you know, like to win this thing. I did not understand. You just brought me back. I did not understand, and I will never understand why the the coach. I think it's Tuchel. I don't know how you say his name. I think it's Tuchel, um, the PSG coach. Coach did not put Cavani in the game until the last four minutes. I mean, why? How, like, PSG was, was creating chances or trying to create chances, but, man, I mean, they were not doing well. Like, th- they had the ball, they were trying to do something, but they weren't. They they barely had, like, very uh, dangerous options to score. And, like, I, I remember feeling like, why is Cavani on the bench? You you have like you're losing because they were down two one I think in the first half. Um, so anyway, I was like, you really need to score, and it kind of felt like PSG was like, all right, it's two one. You know, there there's no way, right? Like we'll, we'll win this, and nope, they they Rashford scores a penalty and and they're out. Okay, I I have an interpretation for that. I think one, he thought. You know, we already scored over there. Here is going to be easier. Especially mm-hmm. if you watch the first, like, half and stuff. You know, like, technically they had the game in, like, they were dominating the game. Mm-hmm. I think, like he said, maybe you're going to save Cavani for later if we go to extra time. And that's probably why he got there. <laughs> I think he wasn't expecting that penalty in the middle 94. <laughs> Which, I don't know. But yeah, you're right. I mean, he should have played... I mean, it's the Paris Saint-Germain. You don't have a league to compete at home. No, the French exactly. league is a joke. They already won it like months ago. Why do you have to save a player? You know, like, why yeah. is that? Why does it come to your mind? If I was the coach of this team, I would have my prime team in every single Champions League match. That's yeah. it. I would have Cavani next to Mbappé or whatever. Yeah. And I would have all of them there. But I will never, like... Say forces for the national for the 
I don't know, for the Liga A in France or whatever they call it. Because there has been one. They won it, like, months ago. Like, you know, like... Yeah. I don't know, like... I, I don't... I didn't understand that. I mean, I... If you can, if you're not scoring, why would you have someone like Cavani on the bench like that? And and I remember like the the cameraman and the match like kept kept showing Cavani on the bench. He almost no. like saying, "Hey, come on, man, put put him on! Like, what are you doing?" Um, and then so anyway, so that was extremely frustrating. The other thing that I want to mention is that the second goal I think Sebas was. Something that Buffon messed up. I don't know if you saw it, but they shot. I think Rashford shot from afar, and Buffon kind of like tried to get the ball, but he did, he he left it. He like the ball rebounded on him, and uh, what's his name? Lukaku came and scored, and it was shocking. I mean, shocking to see a goalie like that make you know such a, such a mistake, right? Um, yeah, but I mean, he's older too, right? Like he's not. The Buffon that he used to be. That's, why. The, that's the reason that the, he's not in Juventus anymore. <laughs> that's 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 probably true, but I was still shocked to see that. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to mention that because it was it, it was very like it was a highlight to me to see someone like Buffon missing that opportunity. Yeah, but uh, I, I don't know. I think uh, I, this is crazy. Like if you think about it. Manchester United is playing really well. Not exquisite, not like, but they're they're achieving results. And I think, yeah. uh, I, I think like uh, Murillo was holding them back. Yeah. And they're showing that they were able to achieve stuff without that guy there. And yeah. I don't know. I think like Mourinho right now is probably kind of sad because I think he was also a candidate to be Real Madrid's coach and now that he that he then got the because <laughs> he then got the position I don't know what he's gonna do now. They, they were thinking about Mourinho for the whole week last week. Yeah, I, I heard that too. So who knows? Yeah. But I don't think we have time to talk about the matches of like next week. I'm just gonna briefly say that Manchester City is playing Schalke, Juventus Atletico, that's two stars to watch, Bayern Liverpool, two stars to watch, Bayern Barcelona, Lyon, eh. <laughs> watch it under discretion, but I, I guess, yeah. Which one Which one would you watch, I guess, or which two would you watch? Oh, of course, Bayern, Bayern Liverpool and Juventus Atletico, no. Okay, no yeah, so, about it. yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> never mind then, yeah, why? Yeah. <laughs> I think Manchester City uh, probably because I mean the, the way they play soccer is very exquisite and it's really nice so, right. so maybe you guys want to have like a, a gourmet feast of good soccer <laughs> maybe you want to watch that one but you want to watch two teams that are trying to like you know like compete so hard to pass this stage then you should watch Juventus and Atletico and Bayern, and Bayern Liverpool so. yeah Bayern Liverpool Although the Barcelona Lyon is dangerous, it's zero zero, you know, it, you know, like it's open. Yeah, it's I open. mean, I don't think I don't I don't think Barcelona will lose, but but it is zero zero, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, thank you very much for everybody to, for listening, and uh, we'll be uh, recording a podcast next week, hopefully, uh, with the with whatever like the takes of the Champions League of this week. But thank you so much and. Uh, well, keep keep us posted. Thank you.
Yeah, thank you so much, Sebas. Thanks, everyone. And we'll be in touch soon. Bye.